Hello. Hi. <laughs> how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Are, the, are, are you in the West Coast? I am. I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. It must be around what two o'clock, I guess. It is. <laughs> okay. Okay. My son just got home from school. He's like, "Mom, showing me something." He just okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Oh, goodness! I appreciate you. <laughs> you finding taking time today. Um, it's just yeah. after ten at night here, so it's uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's a good time. Oh. Um, can, yeah. Can you give me a second. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, just shut the door. <laughs> okay, exactly, exactly. Nobody yeah. comes in. All right. Okay, yeah, I used to live out um, Redondo Beach when I was out there. In um, yeah. I was out there from ninety two, uh, no, sorry, yeah, ninety eight to about two thousand two. So I lived in Redondo Beach and then I bought a place out in Cova City. So yeah, I do miss some parts of LA. <laughs> That's funny. We I used to live in Redondo Beach. My sister lives there now, and okay. I live in Culver City. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I had I bought a place right off Overton, Overton, Overland, Overland, yeah, just you know at the at the other end from where Sony Studios were. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when did you when did you move back? So I yeah, so I went to college in Alabama, then I moved to Wisconsin oh. to finish up college, and then when I graduated, I got a job out in 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 LA, and okay. um, yeah, so I was out from yeah, I was out there from. Yeah, ninety eight to two thousand two. Then I relocated to the UK. Okay. Um, okay. Yes, uh, there, but my younger brothers they they moved out. I have two younger brothers and their wives and families that live out in Portland. Oh, Oregon! Wow. Okay. Yes, yes, Ooh. but uh, yes, but it, but you know one of the things about halftime chats and I, and it's I think it's I'm a I'm a mental health therapist. What you know, nine to five. <laughs> and, Hello, you do great work. We need you. Yeah. And <laughs> we then, need you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, so part of why I started this was during lockdown. It was like, okay, we need yeah. to talk and find out what people are doing. But uh, it's yeah. become a celebration of our, of our people who are, are recording artists because a lot of times mm -hmm. we, um, apart from seeing you guys on Unsung and stuff, we never really got to know the people behind the music. And then we're, and we've been yeah. just been able to celebrate the, the careers you guys have had. And also in a way, inspire other young up and coming singers, art um, actresses, just to know there's some challenges, but if you keep your head focused and stuff, there's so much you can achieve. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The <laughs> so. crazy thing is you don't really learn very much when things are going great. <laughs> yes in the hard times <laughs> yeah and and so i mean but listening to just skin to hear your story would just inspire and, and help a lot of people but mm -hmm. i have an international audience people i'm surprised somebody recently um came through from um i think from estonia you know oh. so we're getting people from japan and stuff so international audience mm -hmm. so we always start off with asking our guests where were you sort of born and raised okay i was born in massachusetts okay on the East Coast, and um, I think I got my my basic foundation there. Then I came out to California, and it was a whole other world. They were doing some different stuff that I did not expect, but um, <laughs> I, I I blended well. I suppose I've been here ever since. So okay, since um, let's see, I'm at my mom's house because my I'm I'm actually in the process of moving. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, let's see. When did I leave? Oh, I came out to California like 
around the sixth grade. I okay. stayed in California, so I've got no accent. I'm a California girl, I guess. Oh, so okay, so you actually, so I think most of us might not. How old were you when you moved? Because that's the grades that might may, maybe oh, hard for most of us outside of the US. <laughs> okay, so let's see. My son is ten, and he's in the fifth grade. So I guess I was probably eleven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's okay. Around eleven years. So was this a decision yeah. that you know you came with your family, or was it? It wasn't, to, and was it to create a to look for stardom, or what, what was the reason you to know, move to LA? My mother's job. Okay. We, we used to go like back and forth from Massachusetts to Los Angeles with her work. Okay. And then we decided that the sunshine was a better fit <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah. So we stayed in Los Angeles. Yeah. And then growing up in L.A. then, I mean, what was that like? Because, um, you know, most people who haven't been to L.A. might just always think, you're going to see movie stars walking around, Michael Jackson just skipping around. I mean, you know, was was that the life as a kid in L.A.? Kinda. Oh, you can. You can see those people. I've seen. I've seen a bunch of people. Uh, yeah, you actually can. It's not often. Like I just saw Marla Gibbs in the Ralph's grocery store the other day, and I uh, saw Pierce Brosnan in Westwood. You really can. And then, plus, at the same time, when I was growing up, um, this was during high school in the ninth grade my sister and my friends and I, we would dance on Soul Train, that show way back with Don Cornelius. Then of course, then you see celebrities coming through all the time, but it really is. I mean, this is, this is kind of the place where you can pretty much do anything. Um, You know, you've got every sort of terrain. You've got the beach, of course, you've got Hollywood, you've got the mountains, big bears, snow, You've got, of course, the desert. We're having a heat wave right now. Over here, shifting. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's you know you've got great shopping, you've got great food. It's very laid back. Like uh, like at any time, there's like a ton of people just out, and I'm like, aren't you people working? Don't you have jobs? Just like people are just they're just everywhere in the traffic. But it's it's a good place. So, but then, so as a teen, as a as a kid moving to LA, did you then think, okay, all these people there, I could get into Hollywood, or what was your aspirations as a as a kid? Uh, I think I think Hollywood was calling me. I really do. Um, I used to when I was younger, when I first came out here, I liked to write a lot, and so just recently I got back into writing, which is great. I did a, I did a short called um, Birthday Bash that's been winning some, a short film called Birthday Bash. I wrote oh. and directed it and it's been winning some awards. But um, yeah, as a kid, I, I think it was, it was very enticing, the whole, the whole Hollywood spiel, yeah. And then, but you mentioned bit down. How old were you when you moved to get, got on? To, was did you start? Because I, I mean, most of us might know you um, for uh, being at, at the Good Girls. But then, did you, was singing first or acting when you when you were young? The first thing was um, it was the singing. So okay. on Soul Train, I was about I was probably fourteen years old. What, there's no promo laws? Are you? <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> I mean, obviously, everyone was, most of the people were a little bit older. They were probably like early 20s. So we still keep in touch with some people from Soul Train now, which, which is kind of cool. But um, there were a lot of us high school kids on there. 
I was in the ninth grade, so I was 14. My sister was on, she was a year older than me and my best friends were on there and we were just some kids having a good time. It was pretty, it was actually a pretty safe environment. Okay. There was no shenanigans going on <laughs> okay. at all, seriously. Yeah, okay. it was fine. But then the, 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 the actual part to learn to want to sing, how did that sort of develop? I, I always liked just being a clown. You know, when you're a kid, you do little talent shows for your family and silly stuff like that. So um, I, I was always into that part. I didn't really think when I would go to Soul Train, I would see the performers and I did want to, but I never really thought of myself as a singer. Yeah. But I knew like um, Joyce, who was also in the group with me, I knew she she was in a singing group before the Good Girls. And so I was like, okay, well, let's meet you and Monica and let's just, let's just have a go at it. And it just happened to work out. You know, that's God's timing, God's plan. You just kind of never know. And sometimes thoughts come in your head that are God sent and you act on them and there you have it. So. Oh, wait, 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 wait. But- we were, 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 were you learning were you singing anywhere you know in school singing, church oh. I would no I was singing at home I was singing in the car on the way to school okay. I, <laughs> I was singing in the mirror being a little nut yeah no formal you know, training no I mean of course after I got into it then I was like oh let me get some singing lessons you know okay. you always want to keep keep your instrument sharp and stuff like that. So, but I just didn't, it just didn't cross my mind. My, actually my mother and my aunt were models when oh. I was younger. So that kind of was in my head. So like during high school, I took some modeling pictures as well. My aunt who was the model took pictures of me and I was like, oh, you know, so it was kind of all these different elements were around. And so I thought, oh, maybe I'll do that. But then then soul train and singing and you know we, we just had an opportunity uh, with a manager named Jonathan Clark he had an idea for three girls and we fit the bill and you know you just when you're a kid you're kind of just having fun so I was just having fun I didn't know God had this worked out for me you know I was like oh okay oh, how old were you then when when you got when when you did get the opportunity to I I was 17. So by the time that I turned 18, that's when we signed contracts with Motown Records. Okay. So did you meet Joyce and Demonic on Soul Train or did you know them? Kind of. I was at one school and they were at a school around the corner from me. Okay. So when we kind of um, pockets of friends and we would also during this time, clubs were really big for kids. So we would go to, I would see them at clubs all the time. And we, I was in a dance group called the Ladies Legit. And they were in a dance group called the Dapper Girls. Okay. <laughs> and we, we would battle each other at these parties. We would just have like dance contests. So that's actually how I met them. Okay. So I knew them before Soul Train. And we just, you know, our personalities blend so well together. Oh my God. When we get together, it's like, it's just like a, like I haven't seen them in a long time, but like next time I see them, it'll just be like, we haven't <laughs> missed a day. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So it, at, around this time, what kind of music were you into? Let's see. Just whatever was on the radio. You know, I was a huge Prince fan. Okay. Prince, The Time, all those, all those people we were listening to. Just ev- everybody popular. 
you know, all the all the popular music at the time. And I, and I guess because you know you had you know you you had your mum who and your aunt who you said were models and then and you were dancing and and you were having fun. I guess there wasn't a sense of uh, oh I want to be like a Whitney Houston or or, or anything like that or Jodie Watley. Was there that that oh, never? Love Jodie Watley. <laughs> ah, she was amazing when she came on Soul Train. That was a good time. Um, well, Jodie Watley was really inspirational. She was just super cool. Mm. Her hair, her look, loved all of her music, but it didn't really, like, I didn't put the two and two together. Mm. It was when I was like, hey, let's, um, one of the girls had met a, a manager of someone else that we knew, another music artist called Suave, his name was. And I was like, go ask him and see, you know, see if he'll take us and, <laughs> and it, you know, sometimes you get these inspirational thoughts and yeah. you just, the Holy Spirit gives it to you and you don't know when you just kind of move on it and, and it happens. But of course, you know, I love music, always have. Yeah. I listen to everything from country to pop to rock, you know, quiet riot, just everything. I listened to everything growing up, especially in Massachusetts. The music mix was a lot greater there. You had a yeah. lot more mixing there. Ballet, it's more so, you know, pockets of this is a pop station. This is an R&B station. This is a hard rock station. But in Massachusetts, it was like everything was yeah. everywhere. So, so I mean, I mean, I guess it's interesting. So, you, at about eighteen, you you guys get signed. The, I, I mean, it was there. There was excitement. Did your mom say, "Oh, what's going on? No, we want you to be a model." Or was like, "Yeah, go ahead." Or how was how was. <laughs> My mom wanted me to go to college. I'm gonna shut this door window because there. I don't know if you guys can hear some lawn mowers out there. But yeah, she was like, she wanted me to go to college. My sister went to college, and she's a doctor, wow. Doctor Yvette Gordon. And my mother wanted me to go to college, and um, I was a straight A student all through kindergarten through high school. But it just wasn't. It just wasn't. I just didn't have a. a there was nothing leading me in that direction. There was nothing that was calling me like, mm -hmm. this is what I want to do. I want to go to college to do this, or I want to go to college to do that. It was that the opportunity for music came and I just went with it. As soon wow. as I graduated, I was on the road. With the girls. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so the, the idea of calling yourself the good girls, who, who, who's, who's, whose idea was that? That the good girls was Jonathan Clark's brainchild. He was our manager. Okay. He took us to Motown and that was a great fit for us as well. And yeah. So he had the whole idea for the Catholic school uniforms. Oh, the uniform, even the. <laughs> right. Yeah. He had, he's like a master uh, market, marketer, master mm -hmm. in marketing. Yeah. So what mm -hmm. did you guys think though? As, Cause then, and I guess it's quite different from some of the other groups that we've seen who have, um, you know, they were, they were singing, they, and then they met the manager as a group singing, had the name, and then yeah. said, hey, let's sign you. But with your guys, you guys, it's like, it was like, okay, let me give you guys a name. Let me give you an image. And you just went with it? Well, it worked out. I was actually, we were close friends. So that was perfect. Our personalities yeah. blended perfectly. We had fun everywhere we went. Um, I actually went to Catholic school. So I was already wearing a Catholic school uniform. <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay. Put this back on. I just graduated, but put it back on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. And plus, 
Oh my God. The first time we went out together, we went to, I think it was the BRE. That was like, like a big music convention back in the early, the late eighties, early nineties. And when we walked around that event, the response that we got was like, oh my God, like just the three identical girls, like what the heck are they? And people just coming left and right. And it's like, oh, maybe this guy's got something, you know, you think he might be a little bit smart. Wow. Mm -hmm. How long did it take then for the, for you guys to go in and start making the music and, 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 and start recording? Oh, right away. Right away. We started right away. He, we met um, Joan Barnes and Kyle Hudnall and Kimberly Armstrong and Jonathan already knew Linda Brown. So we just would all get together in a room and just think tank, brainstorm, come up with music, ideas, just go back and forth until we got something that we liked. So first single, Your Sweetness, was what we were most pleased with. Now, the fact that you were in Motown, did, did it, did it, did, did how, I mean, that's, you know, and it was still, you know, still iconic, still back in, in, in that time. Right. Was there pressure that even, okay, we're on Motown or we, are we the new Supremes or had, was that any pressure they put on you guys? It was a pressure, but I mean, we were like kids. We didn't know, you know, we didn't know the, the magnitude of, of what they were saying. And, um, and we just really enjoyed the whole environment. We would go up to Motown almost every day and hang out there and talk with the, the people that worked there. We just, it was like a family environment for us. Okay. So it was more just so having fun and, ex and expanding our, our social, um, our social group really. Yeah, we had a really good time and, and you know, let's see, 18, 19, 20, that's, those were our ages. So, and we were just having a good time. Did you yeah. see any of the legendary Motan arcs before your album came out? Oh, yes. Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. All the big wigs. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And I guess because with the three of you from LA, I mean, I mean, I know you moved. So it, did it, was it, um, was it overwhelming seeing them or did it just feel as if, oh yeah, oh, it, did it just seem normal? It was a, like the, the bigger people like Stevie Wonder and Smokey Robinson, that was like, there was a little bit more weight on that. But we, like I said, we were at Soul Train all the time. So we would uh, see people all the time. You know, we would, uh, new additions here. So then we'd get tickets to new additions concert. You know, we just like, even on our first video, was Ronnie DeVoe from New Edition, BBD. He yeah. was dating one of their friends. So it's like, these people were just kind of all around. So it wasn't so foreign to us. Okay. It was kind of like, oh, hey, how you doing? All right, Johnny Gill's here. Okay, hey, <laughs> you know, just different, different people. Kill that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. We're actually in the middle of a heat wave and I'm okay. like, <laughs> I don't know if you can see these buttons. Oh, no, five years crazy. It makes sense because I spoke with Nikki, uh, Mickey Howard on Sat Sunday and she was staying. Oh, goodness, she's struck. She's yeah. so maybe that's probably the same oh, thing. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. It is. 
like the craziest, hottest summer here. Like, this is really strange, but I'd rather hot than cold. Okay, sorry. Um, your sweetness comes out. Um, you know, the video, the response. You know, how did it? How did you guys react, especially yourself, when it's out there? It's 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 on the charts. It's you know, people are taking notice and everything. Yeah, it was it was something to get used to, but um, it was especially to hear your song on the radio. That was like, oh my god, that's me. So you just really excited. You're trying to call as many people as you can while it's still on. Tell them to turn to the radio station. <laughs> A lot of excitement, and then the video. We had like all of our friends in there. I had a lot oh. of friends. My sister was in the video. You know, that's a time that we can all get together and just celebrate together. So um, it was fun for everybody. Yeah. Now, at, at that point in time, I know that um, Teddy and his new Jack Swing was 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 big. And did you guys have I mean, when you think of yourself personally, did you have a sort of an idea of what kind of music you wanted to portray? Or is it as they said, look, new Jack is hot, so we need to get a female version of Guy. And then you say, yeah, we'll go with it. Or what was it? Our manager was actually against going in that direction. Oh. So, yeah, we just we just made music that we, that we all liked. So it wasn't necessarily, you know, sometimes people are like, you remember hearing those things, uh, you hear your grandparents or whatever, or maybe you like hear it on TV where they say, oh, that Elvis Presley, that rock and roll, that's not going to last. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That was our manager with New Jack Swing. So oh. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yes, we did not go the New Jack Swing route. It may sound a bit like that, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely the time. Yeah, like um, I mean, <laughs> oh. I need your love and uh, your sweetness. I mean, I, it 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 felt like, um, especially, um, right. yeah. The, 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 it just felt that that New Jack vibe and and stuff. And there was not many yeah. girl. I mean, there were the girls. Uh, but who were your competition, you know, when, at that time? Because you came oh. out 89. This is before the 90s and all the girls groups. So you guys came out early. Who, who was the sort of competition? that? Let's see. Um, I remember Stacy and Kimiko were out. Um, maybe Lace. There were some other people. And then, of course, TLC came and Vogue came. Yeah, yeah well, in Vogue, probably just yeah. 90. But then, but you guys yeah. came with the big year. And, and TLC, they all came out like 91, 92. So this is, yeah. so around that, I mean, I think from, we knew that there was the girls. Um, right, the girls. Yeah, but there weren't that many others out there yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's true. But that's true. Who, 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 how did you guys pick who sings lead and stuff? Was there a lead singer? Was it designated for yourself or alternator how did it's it kind of random like oh this song okay well Shereen you try it Joyce you try it you know just kind of playing off of each other just depending on the track and what felt right yeah, yeah. I remember when um, you came out with your uh, with your second album um, mm -hmm. and, and the vibe changed a little bit and um, um, and you know, one of the videos that everyone really likes is "It Must Be Love," and I was like, "Look oh, at yeah. you know, <laughs> what right. was it like?" What, what, sorry. <laughs> what, what can you remember about not just the song, but the, even the video and 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 at, at where you guys were at that stage? Ooh, where were we at that stage? Still excited. 
<laughs> excited about the music, excited about going on tour. Um, that video, yeah, that was that was a that was a departure because we were normally all in the same clothes. Yeah. And then this one was a little bit different. So it was just, you know, just growing a little bit, stretching a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we're not so little anymore, but we're yeah. still, still and, us. And about this time, were you going on, were you guys on any of the big tours, like the Summerfest or any of those ones? Or, or how did you guys get in front of the audience? We actually did, besides the, the regular promotional tours, we were on tour with the Motown artists. So it was a Motortown review. So we were on tour with Today and the boys and oh. some other people. Um, then we went on tour with New Kids on the Block, the No More, wow. no More Games tour. Wow. And that was a biggie. It was our biggie. That was cool. All these thousands of people and these girls were crazy. <laughs> oh my God. New kids on the block fans. Whoa. Wild. Did they, did they respond to you guys? Did they respond? <laughs> they did. They did. Yeah, we had a good time on tour. So we were supposed to go for a, a period of time. And they're like, let's just extend it. So we're like, yay. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit longer. Yeah. And but how was the transition then from you know, you're dancing on Soul Train, you're recording stuff, but now you're you're performing in front of thousands of people. Was it no nerves, stage fright? Yeah. Yeah. Like outer body experience. I remember the, I think the first performance was on Soul Train, actually. <laughs> okay. Did they recognize you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. We were just there like a couple of years before that. Yeah. So that was like, for me, it was an out of body experience. I can't tell you what I did up there, but when I saw it later, I was like, oh, that's what I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But every, you know, every time you go on stage, there's a bit of, um, there's the nerves there which is the same as excitement. So yeah. gonna let it ring twice. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry about that. I forgot about that part. No, it's, fine. it's fine. It, okay. oh, yeah, nerves, for sure. A anything I do, really, whether it's TV or anything, there's mm -hmm. nerves. Yeah. So back then, how did you um, manage them? Because as I said, most of us have never had that experience of being young, standing and performing in front of thousands of people. You mentioned new kids on the block. So we can only imagine the the scope, the scope of their type of arena tours. And now yeah. you're performing in front of them. Now, I know one of the things that I've noticed by seeing some of your live performances that you guys had your dance routines on lock and you, and, and you were from yes. Sultan, I guess that wasn't an issue. But now singing and dancing. How did you guys balance that? With a lot of practice <laughs> over and over and over and over and it's just ingrained. That takes most of the pressure away. And then you just have to get out there. You know, we all, all three of us like, like to be in front of the camera. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. So, and then we had each other. You know, you got your, your two best friends beside you and where one has a, has a weakness, the other one has a strength and we just mm. balanced each other out. So we felt secure with each other. Yeah. We kept each other tight. Now, so 
I mean, the one thing, you, you know, because what's interesting with, with your story is it's like, yep, the door opened, we just got signed, we sang, sold records. But in all the midst of this, is any, do, are you, it's your mum or who's involved in sort of supporting you around, okay, let's make sure you're getting paid right and mm-hmm. make sure the contracts and stuff, how did, that part of, of stuff, which is something that newer people get in the industry are, are trying to learn, how did you make sure that, you know, you, everything was being fair for you? Our families were very close, close with us. We did have um, a lawyer to look over the basic contract. So like an entertainment lawyer for that. And then also Joyce's father was a lawyer as well. Oh. So that kind of kept things in check. And um, Joyce's stepmother would be on the road with us. And so we had, you know, a parent with us. Uh-huh. We felt safe and we were safe which is very important because this everything can be crazy so have somebody you trust and love with you at all times as you're navigating yeah I mean because as I said we saw the new edition story and that you know they come off the road and living back but I'm taking it that for you guys with with the type of you know your mom being in uh, in the industry your family in the industry with Joyce's dad and and stuff that you didn't have that type of experience of, you know, managers and labels taking advantage of these three naive, excitable young girls. Well, I mean, I think they got the better half of the deal. The, <laughs> the business people there, I think they got the better half of the deal, but I, I really can't complain. Yeah. It was good and we got, we had a really good time we made our mark and we're able to, you know, continue and have careers and have families and, and move on. So no horror stories at all. Then what happens after your second album? I mean, at that point in time, um, I think you by 92. So we're getting TLC, um, SWV, Jade. So we're getting a lot more girl groups coming out. And so right. it was a really... Um, you know, CDs are, 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 are now making so much money for labels. What happened to the three of you then? It was really the business side. Things were not going great with that. Things were, were not smooth anymore. And it was just like, okay, now's the time to go. So we, we split and I went on to other things and they went on to other things and Oh, but, but Motown, didn't they think, oh, we, we need our own, we've got a girl group, we've got a track record? Did, did, were they not trying to get you guys to do a third album? And I, I don't know what they were thinking. I can't honestly tell you. But it was fine. Oh, but, was it, but for you, was it, you didn't, and, and I, as I said, I don't know the minds of an artist, but, you know, there was there no desire, let's keep, doing this I'm enjoying it or were you in the point where that's fine I'm, I've done or what was it for you the elements that made it what it was had changed in the background I mean it was still us three but the background things the management had changed and some of the players at Motown had changed so it wasn't this this the the vehicle that we were in wasn't the same so it was good that we got out of the cars and you know, had families and things like that. And then we did come back together mm, 25 years later and we did a, a wonderful show out here in Los Angeles. We still knew all the dance steps and 
Oh. Everyone came out to support us, but that oh. period, it was just, it was just done. Because a month was, was that when Gerald Busby moved across from MCA? Because he had he, he Gerald Busby was the head of our black music at, at at MCA, and I think he was the one that you know, got Boys to Men, and um, and so I, I, I yeah, so that was around the time that you guys just decided, okay, you know, it wasn't working, so you you, you split up. No, he was the one that signed us. Oh, Gerald, okay, yeah. So we were there and we saw boys to men come in and start getting their stuff together. Yeah, we, we were there for all that. So it was uh, years after that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's straight. And I think a lot of us who always remember you guys were wondering at the time when we were really into our music that's, you know, um, and you guys had such, met such a mark is when we unfortunately didn't see you guys continue. Yeah, it was really four good girls. Me, Joyce DeMonica, and Jonathan Clark. Oh. And he could no longer manage us. And when he left, it just wasn't the same. Oh. You gotta have the you gotta have the right team for for things to move forward in a productive way. And it oh. just it wasn't there anymore. And um, that was fine for all of us. So what do you end what do what so what do you end up doing then after I, after well, during during the second album, um, it was they were taking a really long time to mix, and I got anxious and antsy, and I started modeling. So the first modeling job I did was the cover of uh, Seventeen magazine out here with Will Smith, and um, that I'm still modeling now. So it's been like over. Uh, <laughs> my, it's been over like you know. Well, my daughter's twenty, so it's definitely been like thirty. I've been modeling for like thirty years. I started modeling, doing really well, going to Paris, going to you know Australia, going to New York, just making the rounds. And then I started acting, um, done a ton of TV shows and movies, and I'm still acting. I've got a couple of projects coming out soon. I've got a TV oh, but, series called Fire coming out, and I got I've yeah, been doing but, everything. But how did you? I mean, I because. <laughs> Could you make it seem as oh, okay? I just go and just. I mean, I can understand the modeling because that's uh, because you guys are always doing photo shoots for your albums right. and stuff. So I could see how that might be easy. But then, um, you know, we we started to see a lot of R&B acts in the '90s get into doing small acting parts. But it, you know, it took them a while. But for yourself, then making that transition to say, okay, let me start to act. Was it something that you had to go to acting school or did you just naturally have the ability or, or, or and were those, were you again roles without looking for them or what, what was that like? Well, you, ha- you do have to look for them. It's, it's Los Angeles. Everything is here. So I, after I found a modeling agency, they naturally for commercials and TV shows, they want girls that look like models. So sometimes <laughs> they go to the modeling agencies and they're like, gee, can you read? Are you comfortable in front of the camera? And I'm like, yeah, so go out for this audition. So, you know, you go out for these commercials, auditions. Sometimes they have you speak and sometimes they don't. And I was booking commercials. And then, oh, go out for this soap opera. I was on Young and the Restless pretty soon, playing a model. <laughs> but I got to speak too. And okay. then the first, act- the first acting job I did was House Party 3. Okay. And um, that, I got that. I did have to audition for it, but it was like, She's in a girl group, so I that was kind of an easy transition. The second acting job I got was Seinfeld. 
and I had to audition in front of Jerry Seinfeld and he was like, you're really good. And I'm like, thank you. And then when he said that, I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. So I just kept doing it. And then you get a manager for acting, then you get a, a theatrical agency and they just submit you, you put in the work, do the auditions, show up on time, do a good job, you get more jobs. Wow. So, that, yeah. for, for you, that transition compared to being a recording artist, was it, did you find that part a lot easier and easier to manage than becoming a recording artist, than when you were a recording artist? It was easier for me to manage only because it was just me. I wasn't, it, it wasn't contingent upon two other people and what are they doing and are they on time and uh, how do they feel? It was just me by myself, me with my agent and no other moving parts. Just me, my agent, and the client. So that was a lot easier. Yeah. Those are easier to do. But then you weren't even contemplating becoming a solo artist, were you, at that time? I recorded some stuff, but it wasn't like, this is really what I wanted to do. I didn't really want to be a solo artist because I, when I was growing up, I was so in love with movies and tv so that really was calling to me more so than music at that time i yeah. mean i'm doing music now with my husband which is great yeah but it's it's it's, it's a timing thing there's seasons yeah <laughs> i don't know if you can hear that can you could you hear that yeah good but I... oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah okay um... yeah it's a season it's a seasonal thing it's a timing thing you know things come back around. So I did, um, I have three beautiful children. And after my third was born, I, the girls and I were working on, on more stuff. It didn't pan out, but you know, that's fine. The, the pieces weren't correct, but I think I'll get back with them later on. Um, God willing, that would be awesome. And then I just started working with my husband and we just write songs like it's super duper easy with him. He's a workaholic like me. So, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's seasonal. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, you, cause you mentioned the, um, so, I mean, you know, getting into, to, to the acting and, and I, and I know people would, would see you in, in, in lots of, of different things and you were getting a lot more comfortable and, and, and stuff like that. We, you know, we spoke about the nerves of being on stage in front of thousands of people is it a little bit, is it a lot easier being an, an, an actress in front of a camera and having to do scenes and in front of a crew? Um, yeah, I think so. Because if it doesn't go exactly the way you want it to, you can do it again. Now, play is different. I was just in New York and I did a play. I did a stage reading with Keith David and Marsha Cross from Desperate Housewife. Keith David from... Um, <sighs> so many things. <laughs> okay. He's brilliant. And I hadn't done a play since I was like in junior high school. So getting up on stage with these big wigs in New York, I was like, oh my God, Father, please help me. I was praying and going over my lines and making sure I had my stuff together. So that was nerve wracking. But once you get up there, it's like, oh, now it's time to have fun. Yeah. So, but so yeah, I do. I do think acting is acting is less scary than singing. 
Yeah, I mean, but, but coming back to that, because as I mentioned, I, I, I noticed that um, I wasn't, I, I didn't even realize that was your husband, because I know it was, um, oh. you had both different, it was the surnames that you to form the group. Right. So I was thinking, okay, what's that? Right. Yes. Um, yeah. how, how did the idea of forming the, the group and uh, come together? Well, so I'm Shireen Crutchfield. He's Ricky Jones. So we are Crutchfield Jones. He was also on Motown when I was on Motown. Oh. He was the lead singer of a group called Yours Truly, Three Guy Group. Okay. So, and we had the same manager, Jonathan Clark. So we would see each other all the time, but it was like, eh, you know, whatever. Friends, but not whatever. <laughs> then later on, when, um, when I wanted to work back with my group, I called him to help write songs for us. And so we started just writing a bunch of songs. So then my group situation didn't work out, but then we had all these songs he and I had all these songs. And of course, you know, if you have a song, I'm going to sing the demo if it's a girl. And he's going to sing the demo if it's a guy. And then there's parts where there's a guy singing and you need a female voice. So we're just, we're, we're singing together all the time. And our, our old manager, Jonathan Clark, was like, you guys should do a group together, Crutchfield Jones. And we were like, hmm, How long ago? But uh, uh, how long ago? Was, were you guys already married when you were writing the songs? Or was it? Mm -mm. No. Nope. How long ago? When were you writing? When did you start writing the songs? Because I don't. We started writing songs. Let's see. Um, like eight and a half years ago. Like nine years ago, we started writing songs. Okay, so you're you're saying that um um so say say 2010, the the good girls were looking at reforming and coming up with an album. Right. Maybe not an album, but we were working on you know. Just, you know, getting back together and... Oh, what, 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 what was the motivation for that? Um, we like music. Well, let me rephrase that. We love music. And we all still have a desire to, to do that. It just didn't work out this, this time. Maybe next time it will. Okay. So you were willing to take a break from the acting, modeling, and just say, well, let me actually bring the old bang back and the group back before actually before that i took a break from everything and i had my my um my, little, my third baby my little munchkin so i wasn't doing anything and then before i started doing modeling and acting again i was like let's go back to music okay. so we got together then Okay. And then that didn't pan out. So then I went back to acting and modeling. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. And it was at that point in time. Um, was it after you, um, after after your son was born, that you 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 guys you were doing the writing and think let's let's write together. Right. You, okay, but you've been in touch with Ricky since you guys left Motown. No. Okay. He did something, he did something stupid and he made me mad. So <laughs> I excommunicated him. Okay. Okay. We we um after Motown after our, both of our groups left Motown, we were hanging out a little bit just as friends and stuff. And um and he had a crush on me. Oh, okay. <laughs> he did. Mm -hmm. But it, <laughs> nothing happened with that. So then later on when we got so then that was probably oh god, it's at least okay. That was. Mm, okay, thirty years. So like twenty years later. Twenty years later, I called him. Like, hey, just out the blue, just out the blue. 
just out because he was still in touch with my former manager, our former manager, Jonathan Clark. So I called him. He gave me Ricky's number because I was trying to, you know, get back into music. So you call the people that you know. Okay, it wasn't okay. Just to call, oh, this, and this was just sorry. okay. So, but this was more so on a professional level. You're calling him. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. okay. Okay. And okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the t- the ten years you guys were writing the stuff and and it didn't work out for the group. Then you just did you just sit on the songs or how long before this version of your of of, of yourself. So it was about, we, I was working, trying to get things together with the girls for about four or five years. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, but then we ended up doing, like I said, we did one show together. You could see it on on YouTube. It was so much fun. Yes, I think I, because yes, I think I did see, um, yes, the three of you, but I didn't realize you were back. I remember Joyce and Demar, but I didn't realize you were there. Oh, I don't, maybe you saw something else. Maybe you saw something they did after that. But we did something at Regency West. It was in October of like 2000, 2015, I think it was. Okay. We did a show. Okay. And that was a lot of fun. We did three of our classic songs. And um, so, yeah, so I did that for about four or five years. And so all four or five years, Ricky and I are just writing songs. And then, okay, let's do Crushville Jones. Okay, we're doing it. And, and now we've got a whole album. Wow. Ready to roll, yeah. And um, did, I mean, having, because I mean, apart from Astrid and Simpson, did you did you guys think about how the dynamics of, of having, you know, husband and wife, a, a sort of a male-female duel and how that, how to sort of get that out there? How did, yeah, how did that, I mean, just the thinking of the, the dynamic is normally we're, so it's not too, you know, we're not used to seeing that uh, recently. Yeah. There aren't, there aren't many duos out right now. Um, we just approach it. We're independent artists. And so we just approach it at the way you would anything, if, even if you're solo. He had a solo deal on Universal after he left Motown. And then he did a, so he's had two projects out since then. He's never stopped doing music. He's like, that's live and breathe music. I do everything, but he, him, that's a music man. So we just approach it like, like we're a group, because he was in a group and I was in a group. So yeah, and we work really well together. Yeah, really but then well so as, just- as and and I guess because you know most of us would say, oh, the music industry has changed. The um, it there's an oh, it's easier for artists to get their music out there, but then it also means that there's so many other people getting the music out there so the audience might think well how you know before with a label they said this is good so you listen and so we, we have an option there but now anyone can do it um and i know that you guys just came up with is it whip appeal oh it's uh, it's called it's called uh queen appeal so it's a blend of Chardé's your love is king yeah and baby face whip appeal so you amalgamated both songs? We did. Okay. So the fact that you've 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 you're coming out with that what, as an art independent artist, what is the sort of the 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 hope? Is it okay, you know, we'll have stuff out there and we just begin doing shows, or is it uh, you know, we hope it gets a, a billion streams or I mean what's the realistic hope that independent artists from your own point of view have 
when it comes to making releasing new music well you hope all of that all of the above but the most important thing is the performing part just going around different places meeting different people and and you know getting the music out there and doing shows and having a good time we're having a good time the audience is having a good time that's really the main the main thing and we also you know we got a bunch of songs and if anybody you, know, you can give them to other artists as well so we like to write we just like working okay <laughs> so we will you know we're about to go in the studio and work on some more stuff the album's already done we're getting ready to put that out wow. but then we're going to go in and, and just keep writing more songs it's it's nice it kind of feels like I liken it to a baby, you know, it's like, oh, we've got this track, we've got this melody, oh, and it's all come together, look at this, it's great, it's fun. I like making things. Have you placed any of your songs with anyone in the past then, since you've been Me? writing? Yeah. No, he has, he's worked with um, After Seven and just a gang of people. He's got a long list, he's got a long resume, I have not. This is when I started writing back for the good girls the second time around is the first time I actually started writing songs. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, when you had your first or second albums, did you guys have anything that you wrote on either any of the albums? Just a little bit. Like we wrote a lip, we wrote on a couple of songs, but not too many, not too many. Okay. Okay. And, and outside of that, now you mentioned that you, you came, you've done, um, you, you, you wrote a piece that you directed was it like a short film or what what, what was that i'm sorry yeah it was a short film it was okay. a short film called birthday bash yeah and it was just three actors me um uh another actor i know blair dickens and my son josiah was in it with me it's about uh parents on a birthday well divorced parents so this is the log line when Jason vanishes on his 10th birthday, his parents find blood. So it's a dark comedy. It's a very dark comedy. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's like five and a half minutes long. Oh, okay. I wrote, directed, produced, acted in it, and um, I'm really happy about it. And, and, and where did you showcase it? Uh, where, is, where is it? It's in film festivals now. Yeah. Okay, so mm -hmm. uh, is, is it available for people to watch or? No, not unless you tune into the film festival. They played at the film festivals, but I haven't put it on YouTube yet. I put a trailer on YouTube, but okay. when the film festival season is over, I'll put it on YouTube. Okay. How, what was that experience like uh, creating? That was like, oh, it was wonderful. Cause I wrote the, I wrote the film many years ago and a couple of other directors were going to do it. I was gonna, you know, yeah, yeah, you can do it. You know, I, I didn't plan on doing it myself. I just yeah. wrote it and that was fine for me and they were going to do it. Those things fell through. And then um, I did a short film for a friend of mine, Nina Childs, and she did the whole thing herself. And I was like, oh, that's all you have to do. So I was like, okay, I'll do it myself. I shot it at my mom's house. I had one camera person and his assistant, uh, Reggie Simon and Roberta, they came over and I had one makeup person to do the special effects makeup because there's a lot of blood. <laughs> and uh, th us three actors, I wrote it. I did everything. And I was like, oh, edited it. And I was like, this is easy. I'm going to do more. Not easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy, but it was a lot of fun. 
a really good challenge and a lot of fun. Very, very rewarding as far as creating something. I like to, I like to make things. I'm a crafty person. Yeah. In a good way. And so I'm, I'm about to shoot some more stuff. But then, so what are the challenges about when it comes to being a, um, you know, a writer, director, producer, um, financially, how, you know, do you, it's because people are shooting films on iPhones. I mean, but right. in order to make the quality as good as it can, what, what do you see as the sort of the barriers that or and, and, and ways around that? Definitely the, the main barrier is the money. This project was shot under $1,000 start to finish. It was less than $1,000, so I just did it myself. Other things that I have will require a lot more money and a lot, and a lot bigger team. It was just six of us, cast and crew, done. So mm-hmm. it's, just the, it's just the planning, and I'll have to partner with different people to make a team. I'm all about the team. You got to have the right team. <laughs> so I got to get my team together and then we can start making steps to uh, making some more things. So, Do you, Are you even directing, creating videos for your, for, your, for your group? Oh, yeah. Actually, the first video was mine. I did. I did. So the first video is called Crazy Ass. Have you seen it? No, I know. So I, I will see it. I will. Really cool. You got to see it. So it's called Crazy Ass. And um, so I pretty much the whole synopsis of the, you know, the storyline of that video, I did that. And I do mostly just the the creative stuff, like the visuals, mm-hmm. the styling and um, the locations and things like that. The album covers, the single covers, anything visual, the photo shoots. I do all that. Wow. And then- Because I'm picky. Yeah, but then, but is it the plan then to go from five minutes to 30 minutes or is it an hour or two hours sort of feature that you'd be looking at, at trying to oh, do? Yeah, I have I have some things that I've written um, that I will eventually be shooting. Gonna, I have a pilot that I wrote that I'm working on. I'll just do a teaser for that because it's going to lots of special effects in that one. So I'm not going to be able to do that me, myself, by myself. But I can do the teaser, you know, like a three minute teaser to the pilot so people can see what it's about. And then maybe I'll shop it and hopefully I'll make it with a bigger company and get it done. So it's just steps, you know, baby steps and just keep growing. Yeah. Is that like the guy who did the um, the Bell L. Will Smith stuff that he just shot a, a, a teaser of oh. and then all of a sudden it got a, such a buzz over the lockdown mm-hmm. that yeah. they picked it up? Yeah. 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 You just got to find different ways to make it happen. You know, that you don't always have to go the traditional route. So. So how do you juggle then? Because I guess as we're up, how do you juggle the this music, the modeling, the film career, being a wife, being a mother, being, <laughs> being a daughter, being, how do you yeah. manage to juggle all of this? Because it does sound like, you know, it seems like you take on a lot. Or how do you manage and juggle? One day at a time. Seriously. And then I got my team. I got my family. Okay, mom. Like my mother picked up my son today. I've got this interview. Go pick up my baby from school, please. You just do it one day at a time. Every day is different. Um, jobs come as they come. And you just, you just manage. You just manage. It's not that you can't do it. You can do it. Mm. You just 
work it out. It's like a puzzle. Get the pieces in there. So, I mean, I started off by mentioning that I was a therapist and, and one of the things that we always try and get from this is just, is to get, you know, if you, when you, if, you know, in the midst of all that you've gone through, um, how, if you'd gone through some challenges, what is it that you did in order to sort of help you to barriers? And, and the reason I say this is because a lot of times, you know, I would say 90% of my audience might be from black communities here in the UK, America and around the world. Yeah. And we have a very different, um, a, a different sort of thoughts when it comes to therapy and mental health and stuff. But in your career and uh, that you've, you've sort of been describing, have you had those type of challenges and thoughts and had barriers that prevent you from accessing the right type of support and help? I don't, nothing has prevented it. I am in therapy now. I just got into therapy and it's wonderful because I do believe that it takes a village and things happen to all of us when we're growing up and we, we believe things that are just not true and we internalize it and we walk around with it and it can hinder us and it can make our, our, our perspective not what it needs to be. It's like putting on glasses that are, that are dirty. You gotta wipe all that stuff off so you can see clearly. So I've been through like some crazy, crazy stuff. And as a black woman and as black people, we just keep going. We gonna keep going. We got something to do. Okay, well, I'll be there. I'll be there on time. I'll be smiling, but there's stuff going on inside that I need to work on. And I just reached a point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to clean all this stuff up because I know that some of my perspectives and some of my thoughts about, about life and even myself, especially myself, are a little bit um, wonky, so to speak. So I think it's really important that we acknowledge, hey, you know, everybody needs work. Everybody needs help. For me, it's hard for me to say I need help. I just don't like to. Like, I don't, I don't want to burden other people. But guess what? Everybody needs help. It's okay. So you got to, you know, it's just a matter of realizing you're not in this alone. We're all kind of in the same boat, especially when COVID hit. We are all in this weird boat that sucks. It's a sucky boat but we're all in it together and we just got to get through it. And this is a weird, crazy time. But what are you going to do? You can't quit. Get you some help. So I commend you. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, I mean, I mean, it's amazing that you're saying this and which is really part of one of the things I'm always trying to get across to, to those who listen about the, the need to, to do this. Was it easier to talk to friends and family about what you're going through or did you find that unhelpful and before you got to the therapy did you did you think about all the stuff you were going through and not even realizing you could you talk about because being female men we struggle so I'm wondering even as a female in the industry did you, did you feel you could talk um family and friends any sort of support group, whatever you have is always helpful. They all play into each other. So 
And then with somebody professional, they're able to see things in a different light because they're not in it with you. Mm-hmm. My, my sister's in it with me. My husband is in it with me. My kids are in it with me. They can't see the, the, the big picture and they're not trained to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have the support system. Hey, you know what? You're going to therapy. Good for you. What do you need? I will help you. This is great. You know, you need those cheerleaders. They can't do the stuff that the therapist can do, but they can cheer you on and support you and yeah. let you know, yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm glad for you. I'm happy for you. Keep doing that. How's it going? Great. Is there anything I can do to help? You need all of those different pieces together. You need both sides of it. Both yeah. sides are important. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing because even today, um, most of my, the, I, I now specialize in working with under 21s. Um, and I could probably in a year see over 300 young people, 99% would be whites. And they, you know, even yeah. if a, a five-year-old comes in, I have no issues getting them to be open. When I have black kids come in, it's yeah. like, oh, goodness, no, we've never been trained to talk. And they quit after two sessions just yeah. because it's not within it in them just to open up. It's like, no, we, we keep it and carry it within. And yeah. and the fact that you said you're in therapy, I'm thinking, wow, that's not. I mean, most times we hear on Hollywood and, and most white actresses or singers would say, yeah, I'm going to therapy. And it just seems like a normal conversation. Not yeah. so many with black artists uh, right. artists and stuff. And was it a hard thing to make that decision to go uh, or were you for, uh, worried about stigma or what people might say or I don't care I need to get I need to get what I need to get yeah go where I need to go so I don't care and this person that I found I found her two years ago I I stalked her for two years until she accepted me oh goodness <laughs> didn't have any room for new patients oh, but I was okay. like I know this is the person I never you know I didn't meet her I just that you know you get that inspiration from god that's yeah. the woman okay that I need to go see and i called her she didn't have any room she called me back you know maybe later and then someone was supposed to be moving like a little while later oh someone so might be moving so i might have a space called her back no i'm sorry i don't then i called her again just maybe a few months ago and i was like yeah i called you two years ago she was like you did <laughs> like you know what you're so persistent come on so she made space for me wow and that's she's she's part of my team now yeah yeah well i you appreciate this you gotta get what you gotta get you yeah. gotta get what you need don't let anybody stop you yeah and i, I appreciate you saying this because when i did speak to mickey howard just over, over the weekend she did mention the one thing she said at the end is that you make you like you need not only getting help but you need to get the right help because the you may have somebody but they may not connect and and you might right. give up, but you keep looking because yeah. that's something that we might not think about is that there is, you know, I, I, there, there are times when I've had to turn people away, not because I can't do the work, but I just don't feel that if I'm the right person to help right. them along that journey and stuff. Yeah. It's important. Yes. So I always end, um, um, my sessions by asking my guests that if you were stuck in an elevator and you, they said it will take two or three hours, and but you can watch a movie to kill away time. Most people pick their favorite movie. What would your sort of favorite movie that you'd want to watch while you're waiting for them to get you out? I think I have a lot of goodies. Um, you know what? I'll go ahead and watch The Last Dragon. The Bruce Lee? 
the the last dragon with Ty Mac and Vanity, the movie that Barry Gordy did. Uh, Do you remember that? <laughs> somebody else said that. I can't remember. Okay, oh, the last dragon. Yeah, no, I can't remember who. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think. Okay, okay. So this is when Barry Gordy moved to Hollywood and he was making. Okay, I need yeah. to watch that because I, because uh, you, you know, seen it. No, I, I I moved to America in the 90s. And so okay. a lot of those sort of, and, and I was living in Nigeria. So a lot of times we didn't get everything. And so when you say the last track, I'm always thinking about Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee so right. we, Okay, so I will Bruce look Lee into Roy. that. Bruce okay, yeah. okay. I will make a point to watch that. Yeah. Um, and then what is your sort of all-time favorite song? Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> That's too hard. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say The Rose by Bette Midler, just because. Okay. You know yeah. that, right? Yeah. N- no, I don't know that song. Bette you Midler. know it. No, oh, unless no. I hear it. How does it go? Maybe. Some say love, it is a river that drowns the tender reed. Some say love, it is a hunger that leads your soul to bleed. Some say love, it is a something. It's it's a really good song. Oh, I thought I was doing for the chorus, then I probably would have said oh. all the... I say love, it is a thing you always see. Does it have like a, a, a chorus chorus? Oh, there's no rose. I thought it's the rose. No. Okay, it, I was waiting for the rose to come out. In the end becomes the rose. Okay. That's the last one. Okay. That's the last line of I will song. look it's into it. It, it didn't... Song. Last Dragon and The Rose. The Rose by Fett Midler. That's okay. your homework. Yes, it is definitely. So <laughs> I get, mine is always Michael Jackson, The Lady in My Life. Oh, um, beautiful. Yes, beautiful. Uh, it is a song that I only listen to probably once a year because I don't like to get it. I wanted to always capture that essence of a brand new, amazing, amazing track yeah. and stuff. So, <laughs> so what's your movie? Um, Schindler's List. Oh, wow. It's... Ooh. It gets me crying all the time. Um, and I think I just like the, um, I mean, it used to be Color Purple. So it's those type of tearjerker movies, but it's the redemption part of it. So even Color Purple was when Danny Glover um, sort of changed his heart. And and when uh, Celia and her sister meet at the end oh and I, you know, I'm that always, it, <laughs> yeah, that always so that was, so those types of movies. So Schindler's List when, um, Liam Nielsen said, you know, I, I could have, you know, he's looking at his ring. I could have done so much more. And and that always gets me. And, and that sense of redemption. So those that's 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 part of me. What I do as a therapist is trying to help yeah. you just that change and transformation and people changing, you know, not how they start is not how they finish. Yeah. And so that something about that just really, really tugs on my heart. And, and I just enjoy seeing people transform afterwards so okay. redemption movies are <laughs> yeah and do you have a therapist i have yes but i i have as a, i have supervision twice a week and that's where i can be honest about 
you know, if I'm sort of, you know, if I, if I re feel like I want to reject somebody or I have my thoughts and stuff like that and mm -hmm. being able to be open about, you know, what I'm experiencing, you know, being angry, being disappointed, being, yeah. and things like that, because I, um, that being able to be reflective because, you know, there's, um, and even being judgmental. I mean, sometimes I've had patients who I've, wanted to hold on to forcing them to have therapy and then I have to say I don't know why that is what is it or am I seeing myself in them so I have to yeah every two weeks I I, I have to spin and talk and and and, and yeah. share and stuff like that yeah. um I mean being black African um you know my parents are Nigerian and mm -hmm. a lot of it is about oh you know we go to church we pray about it and and there's a lot of um, because they moved, a lot of them moved to the UK when in the 60s and they had to escape civil war, racism. So there's that sense of being resilient and strong. Yeah. So in a sense, the threshold for uh, trauma is much higher. And so, um, you know, you've had, they've had to deal with so much. So all of a sudden telling somebody you have anxiety or you're low in mood and they're like, oh, are you kidding me? Do you know what I have to go through? Yeah, so you pick yeah. that up and so yes yeah. yeah that's what we do to each other <laughs> that's what we do yeah but as i said hearing having you share your stories it's it's gonna be really inspiring for others what can we look out for because you, you i know you meant you were trying to mention some of the things earlier and i kind of wanted to hold towards the end to see <laughs> what can we look out for so what should we get everyone should look out for for you okay well right now i have a series on a streaming network, the For Us, By Us Network. I have a show called In the Shadows. Um, I have another series that's going to come out. I'm not sure where it's gonna be yet, but I'll be posting about it. It's called Fire, it's a period piece. I play uh, the lead character. I own this uh, juke joint type of establishment and I get into some trouble. Okay. And um, my album with my husband, Crutchfield Jones, is coming out very soon. You can check us on Instagram at Crutchfield underscore Jones and get our singles Crazy Ass and Queen Appeal. And we're going to put another one out. And then we're putting our album out called The Crutchfield Jones Project. And um, I think that's it for now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. I know Jay's going to be always, when you're promoting your stuff, he's, he, he's really good at trying to get it out there. Yeah. Um, you, so you, you have a series on FUBU Network. Right. For us, the For Us Bias Network. So go online, look it up in the shadows. It's like in a crime the... drama. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now it it's it's been great. I mean, and 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 then there's still that hope that the way New Edition has come together, um, mm -hmm. SWV is reunited, that there's a chance that the good girls with the three original members might one day. Oh yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, there's always little squabbles here and there, and yeah, <laughs> you're not sister. Shut up. Let's do this. Yeah, it's fine. What's your favorite? What's your favorite song from the Good Girls? Ooh, um, it's either "Your Sweetness Is My Weakness" or "All for Your Love." Okay. The ballad. Okay. Yeah, your sweetness. It does. There was a video of you guys performing. I think maybe you were in Germany or so. Uh -huh. um, and then you know you, you're doing your little dance routines and stuff like that. Um, so I'll be sure to make sure people see that when this goes out and stuff. Okay. And stuff. <laughs> okay. 
but it's been it's been great. Uh, I really appreciate. I, I I can't imagine how you know it's raining and cold over here. So when you're talking about heat wave, it it, it seems very foreign to us and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, definitely, I definitely appreciate. It. I definitely appreciate everything. I wish you luck with, with 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 therapy. I really appreciate the fact that you 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 able to share that because I think for me it's it's a, it's part of my thing. There's hardly many black male therapists, not to talk yeah. of black therapists yeah. at, at all, and so. Okay. Just this is almost a way of trying to promote um, that you know sharing is caring, and uh, you know we, you know we're not too strong to get help and get support and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, I appreciate. It. Have a good day and stuff. And as I said, we'll um, I, yeah. Once it's going out, I'll definitely let you know. So, hey, thanks for watching. Please remember to sh- like, comment, share, and subscribe. But also check out our membership, which is um, a good way of getting some exclusive videos and actually long videos from day one. But thanks again for watching. Look forward to seeing you again. Thanks. Sweet.